So, hello and welcome to the Result Podcast, the only podcast where we tell you what it takes to get what you want. And today, we're going to start the first of a four-part series called See It, Become It. Um, And the first thing that we're going to talk about in this series is, seriously, what do you want? Or at least, that's the topic. So, I'm Cassie Schiani, and I'm here with my good friend, Matt Sandrini. And uh, we're going to talk about the idea of, seriously, what do you want? Which is a question I think that um, a lot of people struggle with, especially when they're getting started with something new, or when they feel stuck in life, in general. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of, what do you want, is something that most people, including myself, and probably some of you struggle with as well, um, whenever a new opportunity comes up, or more than that, uh, when you start to look at the world a little bit differently, and probably the hardest part of knowing what you want to become is knowing what you want in the first place. Because if you can't see, if you can't, yeah, if you can't see what the future looks like for you, like how the hell do you even take steps to, you know, get that future? Mm-hmm. So I want to pose you a fun question, Mr. Sandrini, is to kick off the conversation, what would you say is the hardest part about defining what you want? Say someone is absolutely bombarded with what they feel is opportunity, good ideas, you know, or even just, you know, dissonance. Where would you tell them to start? How would you tell them to get the ball rolling? To, you know, seriously understand what they want? I see two main obstacles, which, you know, I've learned a few times as well. And one is sticking to one thing, right? And, and, and to do that, you've got to understand where it fits into the big picture. We can talk about that in a second. And the second one is being exposed to opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. like very often you don't know what you want because everyone around you maybe is doing just the same things that you are doing, or um, maybe even less. Maybe you are the overachiever of your of your group, and so it's, it's difficult to know oh, what you want ten years from now, or however long that is. And so again, in one case, is like is what I'm working on. Are the opportunities around me going to get me where I want to be? And so in that case, if, if the problem is, am I sticking to the opportunities I have or not, then maybe the solution to that is clarifying what you want to get. But then the other thing is, a lot of, uh, a lot of the time that clarity is very shaky. And so it's like, well, is this what I want? Is this good for me or not? Because you don't know what the possibility could be. Um, that's just because you haven't been exposed to the right people. Something I really like is, if that's the case, just have a look at some people you follow that you appreciate. I mean, books, Instagram, those are all great, um, uh, great sources of that. And just pick and choose one or two things about their achievements or their lifestyle, if you like, and kind of create this, um, this target state mm. to achieve. Yeah, I like that. Um, for me, what I find interesting, in general, when it comes to understanding what you want, is being able to actually take yourself that you can get something. Like think of all the people right now that are saying, hey, I can run a business or I can leave my, my day job or I can become, I don't know, a pop star or a bodybuilder or a, you know, Arctic explorer, right? So we talk about exposure and the idea, well, actually, like, you haven't seen this stuff before, so you don't know if it's something that you'd even be interested in. But how do you, how would you give, how would you help someone to, realize that you know some of those scary dreams that they have are actually possible so for an example let's say you know i've always been really interested in becoming a musician or pop star i feel like i'm a bit late to the party what what advice would you give them how do you 
how do you get someone to say, oh, these are you know, little things that I've always held on to, how do I use them? How do I make that happen? Mm. Well, I would assume that your brain is looking for excuses for you not to take action, because that's easier, right? And so, because if you attempt something, you may fail. So it's easier to not attempt and justify that and to actually do it and then say, like, it didn't happen and actually I'm not good enough. Though, you know, you can, you can make it happen, but it's a, lot, um, it's a lot easier to actually never get started and find a reason for that. So assume that your brain is already doing that. And so if you're thinking, I'm going to the parties today, I can't do it, um, you are really, you're creating assumptions. And so what I'll do is, why do you challenge those and say, well, I'm going to the party too late to be a pop star. Well, find a, a few examples of people that have done it um, later in life and have become famous later in life. And it's not that difficult, actually, especially right now that there are so many, um, so many spots to be famous. There are so many pop stars. Just because, like, it's, uh, um, I guess, like, we are so connected and the world is very tailored thanks to the internet. Like, you can follow, you know, and, and as many artists as one of those ones that resonate with you. It's a lot more space and you're a lot more in control of what uh, you create for yourself. So just prove yourself wrong. I think that's a, a great way to, to do it. Nice. What would you say to that? Mm, well, I guess what I'd say is that the, the problem for a lot of people when it comes to the question, seriously, what do you want? Is that actually it's a little bit like going to a restaurant and seeing this giant menu in front of you. And what happens is depending on how you feel on the day is whether or not you know what dish you want. But more than that, you don't even know what restaurant to walk into in the first place. So for me, it's almost like you have to start, I guess if we started to give, give, give advice and you know, helping people to ask this question, I look at it as start with a field of interest. So for me, I've always known that I'm interested in say self-improvement, performance, all of that kind of stuff. So design as well. Yeah, I'm a bit of a polymath, so I do a lot of things. But the interesting thing is I find one or two industries where I can really um, kind of flourish, I was like, if you were choosing restaurants, rather than worrying about, oh, well, actually, I could, I could go get American food, Italian food, Japanese food, I say, look, I know I like Japanese food. I can tell you whether I want sushi, noodles, or anything else right now, but I know I like Japanese food, so let's start there. So I always say that if you can find what your specific interests are, and what kind of industry or categories that falls into, then it becomes easier to start filtering down and saying, okay, so you've now narrowed your choices. And I think that's the first problem. Like you said, there's loads of opportunity everywhere. It's like start by narrowing your choices. And then once you understand where your interests lie, then it's very easy to start saying, well, now I can essentially, you know, explore different solutions until I find one that I really enjoy. You know, if you're interested in running a business, that's a really broad category. It's you know, saying you want to run a business means you could run a multi-million dollar nail business or you could run um, a lifestyle business that does a lot of different things for you. Or a nail salon. Exactly, yeah. right? So it doesn't really matter too much. You have to just understand what industry that is. Essentially, because it has to keep you interested. Yeah. But this is why the question is, seriously, what do you want? Because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, it has to be something that you want to do because otherwise, like all of the fear, all of the doubt, all of the other crap that you have to deal with, you're not going to be able to push through. You're not going to be able to spend time seeing it and becoming it if you're not working in that way. Yeah, yeah. I think that like um, two concepts I really like in this is one is the concept of do you want to do it or do you want to have it done? A lot of people say, I want to play, play the piano, 
But actually what they're saying is, I would like to, I've already done all the work and be able to play, mm. you know, like a professional pianist, but I don't want to go through the work. So, but if what you're saying is, actually I'm passionate about learning how to play the piano, and I'm passionate about being bad at it, and then working my way through it, and, and becoming, you know, good or great um, at playing, then, uh, then that's what you want, that's what you should be doing, instead of just wanting the outcome, because that's not good enough, you're probably going to give up, because in the beginning you'll be bad at it. So whatever you want, you know, do you just want the outcome because it will be nice, or are you actually passionate about the, you know, the whole journey? And I think that's a, a big, a big difference. Do you want to have it done, or do you want to do it? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the the advice we give a lot of people is that no matter what you start for the first time, be prepared to really suck at it. There is no in between at all. Like, let's be honest. If you're starting to play piano for the first time, it doesn't matter if you. You know, genetically meant to be Beethoven, you will suck at it and it won't be the most fun thing you've ever done. In the same way that if you decide that you want to start getting fit, it's like going to the gym and doing any kind of work is going to hurt, it's going to be kind of painful. And so, you know, it comes back to that question of like, what do you want and what do you like the idea of, like you, know, you were saying just then. If you really want something, then you probably will suffer for it. And that's the key thing is that everyone has to suffer through something. You know, I, I spent a lot of time doing design work, and to be fair, the design work I created when I first started design was nothing compared to what I create now. Um, yeah, people paid for it, yeah, it did what it needed to do, but it really sucked, it really sucked, and I don't even like to look at it now. But at the time, I was willing to suffer through that, because it was something that, even though I knew my taste was much higher than my ability level, I was like, well, you know, I want the end result, I want to put the work in, and I enjoy it, it's what I wanted, and so at the time, it was quite easy to move forwards. But you know, I've always said I, I like the idea of being, let's say, you know, a great mathematician. Am I really gonna put the work into you know learning discrete maths and ultimately quantum physics? No. no. It's like because what I like the idea of being able to understand that stuff and be able to you know demystify it, heck it's just not something I want. Like, I don't want to suffer through it. And um, so I like that analogy that you've given like can you actually, you know, put the work in long enough uh, because you want the end result enough. And um, what advice would you give to someone that says, okay, Matt, Kessler, this is what you're saying. Um, the world is a very wide, broad place. And to answer the question, seriously, what do I want? I have to start by asking myself, what, what are my interests? Uh, I, I, I now roughly know what my interests are. I've looked at a few different like, opportunities, like say, my interest in science, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in exploring kind of like biohacking or you know, biology or you know, different kingdoms within that. How do you then say to someone, okay, so you've got, you've got a rough idea of where you want to go, how do you start to become specific? Because specificity is really what matters here. Because like you said, otherwise you end up being pulled by a lot of opportunities and nothing really happens. Um, I really write down things that I'm passionate about within that, or look at people that work within that, and you're like, hey, this one resonates with me, and this one doesn't. And then I just use my the power of imagination to just time travel five, ten years from now, twenty years from now. I think like, will I get bored by then, or do I want to, you know, do I want to be the the authority in that particular specific field? Um, and maybe if you have other passions. You know, is it aligned? Does it help my other passions as well? Those are always the like, okay, if I follow this um, this road, am I going to get bored? Am I going to stick to it? Um, but also, what is the, the the opportunity? You know, along along the way, uh, longer term. So I think that's so powerful. But sometimes we don't even think about 
um, kind of the long term that way. It's kind of a superpower that we have and never use. Yeah, 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 yeah. To imagine the future. We just use it for bad, like to worry about things that will never happen, but we'll rarely use it for good and go like, what are the consequences of doing this versus we're doing the positive and, and, and the negative. We just imagine things that are not in our control most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say for that? Well, what I'd actually like to ask is I'd like to, you know, pretend, pretend I'm someone that explicit everything you just said and I say, well, actually, that one, I have no imagination. Right. You know, I'm not a creative person, so what advice would you give me? And, and two, I can't find anyone in my field or anyone that wants to do, that has done or wants to do the same things that I want to do. What do I do now? I mean, not having imagination, it's uh, bullshit. Absolutely, but tell me why, you know? Well, it's just the fact that you probably have never done it, or never done it intentionally. Um, we all have imagination, otherwise you wouldn't, like, without imagination you wouldn't be able to make a choice. You wouldn't be able to think like, okay, what do I want for dinner? You come and picture it in your mind, and then you're like, I want this, I want that. So clearly you have the power of, of, of imagination. You might have not used it and exercised it as much to be able to think five years in advance. That's fine. You'll get that. Start from six months if that's what we can do, and that's fine. Um, you might not feel perfect, and that's okay. It's a better it's, it's a better approximation than not using it at all, right? Would you agree with that? I agree. But now, what happens if I say to you, "Fine, man, I have an imagination. I can picture things that far in advance." But now I'm doing what I want to do. How do I model myself off of that? How do I see what that would look like? You know, genuinely, yeah, I can picture what I want for dinner because I've had dinner before. Yeah. I've never been X, Y, Z, so and no one else is. So yeah. How do I get there? Well, I would look at someone else in a different space that's done, you know, that's gone through a similar transformation. So again, like, if your leap is, is particularly big, think about someone who's done a similar leap. It could be, maybe you're in science, look at someone in athletics or sports, that's fine. I look at someone in business or someone in another, uh, field of science, and that's fine. Just to, you know, to show yourself what's possible, you know, how far you can go. Um, and then, I mean, in general, if that is possible in any field and, and no one else has done it in your, in, in your field, that's, that's fine. There's no reason why um, you can't do it. I just think that, like, sometimes um, when we look at absence of, of evidence, there's evidence of absence, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, and um, that's not true. We just assume that things are possible because it's easier to actually take responsibility and go like, I'm going to do it anyway. But again, we go back to the uh, the initial point that like, your brain will do everything that is, is possible to make up excuses so you don't have to take action. Because that's safe, it's easy, it's comfortable. So assume that's the case and do whatever you can to actually to counterbalance that. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I also agree with the idea that when people start to look at what they want, um, sometimes they say, you know, I really want this, and then their actions say otherwise. So let's say, nice. yeah, I mean, it's a quite common one, right? So we say, yeah, look, I really want to get fit, and then suddenly it's like, no, oh, well, they're, they're you know, eating takeaways, they're not going for the gym. And but genuinely, like, they say, they say they want it, right? What I think to find in those situations is there actually might be a part of you that wants it, that really does want it. But the problem is you've got some kind of internal conflict or battle with like belief. Like, is it possible? Can I actually go out and do this? Am I the kind of person that can, you know, achieve these things, that can be fit, that can do this? Or am I the kind of person who has the intelligence to do X, Y, Z, you know? You start to fight with your own internal beliefs. 
you know, and that becomes an interesting paradox because you know, let's say that you've got a rough idea of what you want, and you then have to essentially fight your inner demons. Um, and we talked about the idea of you know things suck, things are hard, like keep pushing, keep pushing, like move through it, and don't make excuses. All well and good, really easy to say. Now, for me, when people come to me with that, I have not got empathy. I understand, but um, the real question, obviously, is, is, is it, it's like a two-sided problem. It's either the first part is one, do you really want this? And if the answer is yes, let's say yeah, okay, Cal, you grew with me on this. I do really want this. Then the second question I always ask is, well, what are you scared of? Like, what's really holding you back here? And let's say that you actually become really fit. Like, what problems are you going to have then? Yeah. Or what, what are you scared of? Are you scared of the way people are going like, to look at you, think about you, talk about you? Are you scared of how much work it's going to be to maintain that? Are you scared of like, your own success? I mean, this, ironically, especially in our circle, is something that I think uh, a lot of people we know struggle with. It's, it's actually success. It's like, the idea that they're genuinely scared of being successful, not because you know, there's fame that comes with it, but they're like, this is a completely new world. What do I do with this now? How will I go through those problems? I have more to lose. And also, at the same time, I'm not consistent with the personality I have shown to the people around me, maybe my parents or maybe my friends or whatever. If I become fit or if I have a great business and it grows, then I am a different person from what they expect me to be. I think that's quite difficult to deal with. Mm. Yeah. But how would you feel if you were the same person 12 months from now that you are today? Like a failure. Absolutely, right? Because, and like a failure in front of other people more than in front of myself. Like yeah, obviously, I'm here to judge of, you know, if I succeeded or not. But the lessons I teach to others and I teach myself as well are very important to me. And I can only do that from my actions. And if I say the same, I fail. Because I've, I've taught a lesson I don't want to teach. But not doing anything is not like I haven't taught any lesson. I've taught that it's okay to actually say um, still for 12 mm. months, which is again bullshit because you never say still. You just get Absolutely. Out. Yeah. I mean, uh, a famous psychologist, I think it's Carl Jung, don't quote me on this, uh, used to say when he used to speak to his friends, um, how are you? Or what's happening? And when someone used to say, yeah, I'm fine, or yeah, everything's good, he used to say, I'm really sorry to hear that. Because the idea here is that if you're changing, if you're growing, if you're actually pursuing something that you want, like seriously, what does that look like? And what, what do you want? Like, it should be something that stretches you. It should be something which isn't, you know, you can't just open your eyes and achieve it. And so if you're not going through some level of adversity, if you're not pushing yourself in some way or challenging yourself, and we're not saying that you have to go out there and you know, murder yourself to get something. I mean, that's really a warrior mindset kind of thing. Like, hey, I don't deserve anything unless I kill myself for it. So that's fine. Like, the world doesn't have to work like that always. And, you know, that's a problem. It's a problem for everything to be okay. It's a problem for everything to be the same. So there will be adversity. There will be, like, it will be hard. Anything that you want is not going to come easy because if you want it, if it did, you'd already have it, right? Like yeah. if you, it wouldn't be something that you wanted, it'd be something you can just grab. I think the problems and challenges are actually uh, probably the normal state of life. And we, we like them, we want them in life, and they're part of the game of life. But the thing is you can choose whether, I don't know, they're never real problems. Like, um, there's nothing good on, on Netflix that could be the level of your problems, or like, I don't know what to eat, um, my takeaways tonight that could be a big problem or you can say i'm actually going to raise the level of my problems and use them to achieve something that is important to me and now the problems are no longer that level they're like you know 
how can I close a deal or how can I learn a new skill or, or whatever that is. But it's just like you're going to have problems anyway. And so make them work. What would you say to someone if they said, Matt, I don't know what to watch on Netflix tonight? <laughs> Probably talk to them. <laughs> Oh, no, I agree, yeah. problems do scale. Um, and you know, this is one of the things that a lot of people forget. Forget is they, they, they move forward in life or they learn new things. And it doesn't really matter if you're starting your career or moving towards the end of it. Is that problems are always relative. And in terms of intensity, they're always relative. So if you are running a one-man business and you're hiring, say, freelancers or contractors, or even your first couple of employees, yeah, it's painful. Yeah. It's hard to manage them. Now, that problem, when you have 100 employees, is still the same when you're looking to hire people who will then manage the other employees, the other departments. And it's almost like, the problems just scale, they're still painful, they're still relative. If that was an 8 out of 10 problem before, there's going to be an 8 out of 10 problem now as well. Yeah. It's just the stakes are slightly higher. Yeah. And even then, yeah, the stakes are kind of higher. But to get back to that stage isn't too tricky. I mean, if you're the kind of person that has gone out there and they've run businesses that have made a couple of a couple hundred thousand, a couple of million before, you know the steps to go from naught to five million. It's like your biggest problems aren't going to occur from starting again and getting to that. Yeah. Your biggest problems are going to occur when you go, well, now I'm back here, where do I go now? Like, yeah, the yeah. five to ten million problems are going to be just as bad as the ones from naught to five million in the first place. Yeah, sometimes easier. Yes. Yeah, I've recently seen an uh, uh, eight-figure eight figure deal from the inside and the thing is, it's, it's easier than a free four-figure deal because the people you work with um, don't care as much about their money. If you work with someone and they're going to pay you $1,000 or £1,000, it's quite likely that they really care about their money because they don't have that much liquidity, right? But if you work with someone, you know, it's like a million pound, a million dollar deal, you probably have several of those in, in the back of like, that's fine, we'll do it. And it's not the first time to do that. So sometimes, like having problems that are bigger, it's also easier and can give you can give you better results. And other times, it's just the same thing, just on a different scale. And so, the outcome um, is is better. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. that's interesting. So, all of this is still going. Now, let's see if we can create some like really simple actionable steps for anyone listening to this mm-hmm. to kind of you know answer the question seriously. What do I want? And so, for me, and. Uh, you know, let's go back and forth on this. I'd always suggest the first place you start is to understand, and you know, you mentioned this before, to just understand the list your interests. Like what are the things that you, know, you really care about? The things yeah. where they, they get you out of bed in the morning. What, yes. what, what are the things that you find yourself doing in your free time or you know, daily that um, you know, maybe you didn't think you can make a career out of, or maybe you didn't think that were that big a deal, you know? Are you someone who spends a lot of time researching different things to do with science, biology, like you know, medicine, like biohacking? Like, do you look at how to optimize yourself? Do you spend a lot of time running? Do you spend a lot of time doing fitness things? Um, yeah, or even you know, for some people, you spend a lot of time playing video games. There is a way to turn these things, these hobbies, or even these lifestyle things, into careers and to make good money from them. I mean, industries are built off esports. Industries are built off biohacking. Industries are built off writing. You know, so all of these little things that you start with and you display interest in, like if you really care about them and you're already dedicating time to them, then the question is like, well, actually, if you were doing this full time, 24 7, and there were no limits, like what would that look like for you? So for me, um, I'd always suggest starting there. This is your interest, we'll get you out of bed in the morning. And then, uh, obviously, 
you've got quite a good strategy from getting from there to sort of uh, being quite specific and then to letting people, because you, you, know, you do a lot of coaching as well. So when someone gets to that level and they're like, okay, man, I have these interests, I have these, you know, kingdoms that I'm interested in being a part of, I've got a list of things I like doing. What would you suggest someone does then? One, one exercise I really like, I'm not sure that that's what you're alluding to, but it's to write uh, a life in the day of my future self, and it could be three to five years from now, and it can be any day. It doesn't need to be a Monday or a Sunday or a work day. It can be any day, because you can understand by the choices you have on the day what's going on in your life. And so, you, you know, the exercise you, you, you just gave is so loose to have that high-level clarity, and now you're like, hey, what's the picture? How does this all fit into one picture, right? What I really like is to write a day in the life of my future self where I've actually done it and I've, you know, I, I follow the, these interests and taken action. Where am I now? What am I doing? How do I feel? Who's around me? Where am I? What do I see? You don't have to be super specific because you can read, you can read between the lines. But also, you know, that's like heavier than writing hell as well. You know, if we find the same timeline, you haven't done it. You've, you've done the same thing that you're doing today. Today, uh, stay stuck, not taking action. How does that feel? How do you wake up in the morning? Um, how different is life? It's probably worse than it is now because you know, you've gone backwards. And that's so powerful to get clarity and motivation, but then also um, you know, know what not to do and be motivated on, on the negative as well, what, what you want to avoid. Right? Um, and that's why once you have that um, clear objective you want to get, get closer to, it becomes a lot easier to then take action. Because instead of, if you think about a moment, it's very often like it's easy to get lost in escapism. Maybe there's something you don't like right now. Maybe you hate your job, maybe you don't like your physical shape, you don't like your mindset, whatever it is. It's easy to say, I want to escape it for a day and, I don't know, uh, have a top of ice cream or maybe, you know, go away for a day or whatever it is. Which is fine, but sometimes that's like, I just want to escape the bad things instead of feeling them and actually changing them on the term. And when you have a vision, that clarity becomes a lot easier to actually take action in the moment, knowing that it's getting close to something more tangible, rather than it just being a trade-off between a temporary pleasure and actually, well, I need to do more work. No, get passionate about that because you know that it will take you to your vision. Nice, I like that. So start by listening to interests, understanding the things that kind of get you out of bed in the morning. Yes. And then, you know, picture what does the next three to five years look like? One random day, let's say you pick Tuesday, May 11th, what does that day look like? Like in an ideal world, you've accomplished everything you want to accomplish. How does your day look like? What happens when you wake up? And what happens between then and when you go to bed? And in the best scenario, what does that look like? And in the worst scenario, what does that look like? So you kind of compare, you can understand a little bit about, you know, what, what does a great future look like? And what does one where nothing changes look like? Yeah. Now, agree with all of that. What advice would you give to someone who doesn't really know what it's like to stretch themselves? Because my biggest issue when I ask people these questions, like seriously, what do you want? Is that, you know, let's say they, they've categorized everything, they've then pictured it in the future, good and bad, but then you ask them, what does the good look like? And the good really is like, it's almost like you horrifically underestimate what you could accomplish in five years. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like, yeah, okay, that would sound well and good, but I reckon you could do that in six months. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give someone so that they can start to stretch themselves more? Because yeah. that's again comes back to the see it becoming kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about um, these things in details 
in, in, in this uh, in this format, in this season, in, in other episodes. But three things that, that come to mind. One is challenge yourself. You know, do something um, really quickly. If you can achieve something really, really quickly, maybe it's you jump on a lot of sales calls and you close a few deals really quickly. Or maybe you do like um, a lot of exercise and you get to a, um, a specific fitness level quite fast. Or um, you find new friends again, but you go for like fast and you challenge your limits, then you can never be the same again. So you really try to challenge those, those limits in any area, at any point, do it regularly, it's really important. Uh, number two, I would say, you know, check who you hang out with, mm-hmm. check who's around you, um, because that's what we tend to be the average of. Um, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. And even those people that you don't, um, you don't respect in a way, or maybe you don't want to, you don't aspire to be like, you could be like a, a horrible boss or a colleague of your life, it doesn't matter. They still judge you and so far with your peer group. So if you have them around and no one else to, to compensate for that, that's what you're going to be the average of. So that's really important. And then at the same time, I would study a few people um, that you like, that inspire you in those uh, in the specific areas that you want to grow. And, not just looking at where they are right now, but study them and look at, okay, where, where were they five years from now? What's the story? Where did they start from? And sometimes that really shows you that, you know, what they're doing now to grow is very different because they might have a team behind them or more resources or more wins or whatever. But how did they get there? And it will show you that they have a lot of challenges that are not that similar from yours. So really looking back and going back to their source and getting back to their their initial stages will help you understand that yes, these people might have a leg up right now, but how do they get to that point? And you'll find out that you can do it as well. Nice, that's interesting. And I always think people picture yourself as the next Steve Jobs because nice. there's, no, there's nothing that stops you becoming the next Steve Jobs. Nice. Male, female, cat, doesn't really matter. It's like if you can see it, then you can become it, right? But I'm sure at some point, the only difference between Steve Jobs and someone who did become Steve Jobs was there. Steve Jobs didn't really give a fuck. Uh-huh. He just thought, fine, I'll do this. Uh, the only thing that's stopping me is me. Yeah, life might not pan out for you like that. But if you, you know, if you're aiming to soar to the sun, right, you're gonna hit the stars because you have to. Like it's incremental, it's the only way to get up there. And so it's almost a bit like the only thing that defines how far you can climb is you. And so if you want to say that, you know, in five years' time, I'll have done these things, and someone challenges you and say, I reckon you could do those in six months. But of course, it's like, it's going to take you five years because you're the one who's telling you. Telling yourself, essentially, it's going to take five years. Yeah. But if you say, well, fine, I'm going to stretch myself, and it's going to be a bit of a struggle, and I'm, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to get there, but I genuinely believe that this is possible, then it's possible. Yeah. So who can tell who can tell you what the future holds? No one. And if we could, you know, we'd all make a lot more money in horses than football bets than we do now. So. Yeah. Sounds like the four minute mile. Again, this is a bit cliche, but you know, the four minute mile. Uh, people try try to break um, again, being able to run a mile in less than four four minutes for hundreds of years and uh all managed to to do it until Roger Bannister did it in 60s, maybe yes, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after a few months, 12 people have been it, and to this day, over 10,000 people rather. Yeah, it's quite a large number now, actually, which is which is pretty insane to think. Yeah. And that's it, you know, it's perception of belief. Someone has to shatter, shatter right that perception. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So you have a choice. It's like, is that going to be you, or are you going to leave that to someone else? 
you know, your ambition is whatever you define your ambition as. Yeah. And so, you know, you are a product of your own thoughts. If you say, you know, today is the day that I'm going to do this, then there's a good chance you do it. If you say that today is the day you're not going to do this, then you'll probably write as well. Well, the point is, if you say today is the day I do this, you're giving yourself a chance. If you say today is not that day, then that's it. It's just not going to happen. I like that. So a big way to summarize is the key thing to take away from this. So the question, seriously, what do you want? List things that interest you. Yeah. Go through the things that you know get you out of bed in the morning and the things that you can see yourself doing. Or think at least the things that you on fundamental level enjoy and will be happy to put the work in for. Yes. And then start by looking into the future. What does a random day in five years' time say may the eleventh look like for you? When do you wake up? When do you go to bed? And what happens in between? What's a really good day? What's a really bad day? And then from there, you know, ask yourself, am I actually stretching myself enough? Like, if I was forced to compress time, if I had five months left to live, like, how would I accomplish these goals? And if you can see that there's a way to do it in five months, then there's a way to do it in five months. Yes. So make your goals bigger, make them a little bit more challenging, and then move forward from there. And, you know, I think that's probably the best way to get started on this journey on seeing and become it. Because once you know, um, once you can ask the question seriously, what do I want? Then you can start looking at, okay, how do I get there and how do I see myself doing this? Yeah. And this is the process of discovering or uncovering yourself. As you stretch your limits and you go, actually, there was no limit. That's really when you discover who you can be. Such a great process. So, clarity, it helps take action. Yeah. And the important thing to remember with this whole process is that things change. You know, your goals in 12 months might be different for, or even less than that, your 12 months may be different to the goals you have now, the goals in three months may be different. But the idea is that you need direction, yeah. at least something, because otherwise you just float around in the wind and you're the one who's being pushed and pulled. At least with some direction, you can then choose how you change that. Yes. On that note, let's leave our listeners to take some action. Absolutely. And um, so let us know your thoughts uh, in the comments below. Um, what do you want and what does that look like? How far are you stretching yourself? That's something I'd be really interested to know is, you know, where are some blockers? Where, 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 what stops you understanding what you want? Even for the process we've described. And if you do, uh, or if you can answer the question seriously, what, what do I want? Um, what does that look like? You know, we're more than happy to give some feedback and advice to you. We can help you, you know, stretch yourself and ultimately, you know, do what it takes to get what you want. Yes. So leave a comment and we'll get in touch and we'll speak to you in the next episode. Absolutely. And don't forget to subscribe because this is the first of four-part series, so more, more valuable information to come.